Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Interview Extra, where I talk to people doing interesting things in the world of gaming. Today I'm going to be talking to Ben Powell, who, among various other different projects, is currently working on a Resident Evil 2 remake randomizer and has worked on a Resident Evil remake remastered randomizer. Um, He's done many other things on various indie games, such as Worms Revolution, but at the moment he's focusing on sort of mixing up items, enemy placements and rooms in Resident Evil Remake Remastered. And at the moment, I think focusing mainly on item randomizing in Resident Evil 2 Remake. How are you doing today, Ben? Uh, I'm good. Um, I'm, uh, you've done your research on me. I didn't think you'd know about worms and things like that. <laughs> Just had a little look on your website. Very, very nicely laid out website. <laughs> yeah. Tried, well, it's like the 10th iteration of the website, so by now it should be okay. <laughs> yeah, so actually maybe you could just talk us through a little bit of your history and how you came to programming these randomizers, because like I say, you've done plenty of other projects that have nothing to do with working on pre-existing games and modifying them. Yeah, um, so randomizing is fairly new to me. Uh, I've been working in games for 10 years, 11 years now, so I... Uh, First of all, I did uh, indie games and jams and small things like that. I got very involved in the indie game uh, scene, the UK indie game scene. After that, I then got a job at Team 17 working on uh, Worms Revolution. And after that, I then went back to my indie project. I released a game on Steam called Operator Overload. It didn't do very well. You know, you have to, you have to, people need to hear the stories of the ones that don't do well, as well as, uh, you know, the survivor mm. bias. And at the beginning of, 2019, last year, at the beginning of 2018, I was playing Resident Evil and I was watching a streamer playing the Link to the Past randomizer and it just clicked in my head, oh, that should be for this, this should, you know, this should be in Resident Evil, it'd be great, the doors are locked, you know, there's, there's, there's different paths, the, you know, the, the options available for randomization would be great. So I just kept thinking about it and then I thought, okay, I want to try and make this and as I got closer, it sort of it all just sort of grew from there. Yeah, and I see that with Resident Evil Remake, it's already grown pretty big. So um, I looked at sort of a screenshot of all the options that you can pick. So it's more than just a randomizer. You can really tailor your experience to the point where you could have multiple Lisa Trevors in the game. Why would anybody want multiple Lisa Trevors? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I found the streamers are gluttons for punishment. <laughs> but yeah, it started with items, uh, and then I was thinking about you know how just the sequence of play was different. And while I was trying to get that working, I found these things of oh, I can change enemies here, and oh, I can change where the doors go. So I remembered those, and I was still working on items. But after items, then I thought oh, now I can change these things, and that's when it really started growing. Because when enemy randomization was a thing, because I wasn't intending to do it, but every time I was watching someone play the item randomizer, they were saying. When you randomize the enemies, you should have random enemies. And then I thought, oh, okay, I remember this thing where I saw the option to change enemies. So I, I did it. And, and the game just happened to react in this wonderful way in that you say, okay, put a shark in instead of a zombie. And, and then I just open it up and see what happens. And the, zomb- and the shark just floats. And it just, it's just, they call it land sharks. And it just comes at people. And it completely breaks, you know, all, all sense of reality, but it, it, it was very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing a, um, I think it was Carcinogen who was playing the randomizer and a, a 
swarm of crows got replaced with zombies and they started descending from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. The, I think Cassie was played on the first day. I think uh, it was partly Cassie that um, brought a lot of attention to the mod because, well, there was one streamer, uh, I don't know if he Big John, Game J06, and he was the one playing the Link to the Past randomizer when I was mm. making Resident Evil. So I gave him the first opportunity to play the Resident Evil one. And from there, I believe Cassie saw him playing it. And then from Cassie mm. playing it, everyone else saw him playing it. And that was how it became a sort of... Uh, that's how I became involved in the Resident Evil community. And I didn't know that community mm. before this. So I've sort of been introduced to the whole community through that. Yeah, it's a very big and vibrant community i mean if if i'm bored i tend to want to watch resident evil speedruns and there's just so many out there for such strange things like people racing each other in resident evil 3 uh, which was on one of the gdqs which i don't know how anybody thought up the idea to race <laughs> that game it's not really a game that's built for racing but <laughs> it's very in- very interesting community thinking up of loads of different things from 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 those races to like discovering that the chinese version of games is faster than than even the japanese uh mm. to resident evil that brought um chinese language to it and i remember because i had to fix the randomizer because it broke it and it ah. made speed runs faster again um so yeah it's, it's so it's definitely a very uh rapidly evolving scene yeah speaking about things breaking i was looking through some of the patch notes for both of your randomizers and i've noticed that so i wasn't quite sure about i don't know a huge amount about randomizers and i was thinking do you build them to make sure that you it doesn't break the game to a point where you can't actually finish the game and i I realized through reading the patch notes that you were you are very much looking for things that soft lock the game so that you you just can't finish the game and removing those from the randomizer experience and i noticed that you had a few problems where certain enemies couldn't be placed in certain parts of the map otherwise it would just stop you going through doors i think didn't you have quite a few problems with spiders locking? yeah there was there was well okay so Every pretty much every randomizer someone makes is made completely differently, and they all sort of some some like the the Zelda one they ch- they make a whole different ROM for people to play. Um, I think the Dark Souls one edits the game data, and the way my one works is I have a, a trainer program that uh, runs while the game is running, and it watches your memory. And when a specific moment comes along where it loads, say, oh, this is an item that's supposed to be put here. Uh, specifically when the player bends down to pick it up, it'll go swap this with something else. And all these sort of bugs and things that happen, they're not so much a result of what I've written in terms of swapping an item, but in terms of the consequences of the sequence being broken uh, and mm-hmm. how the game reacts to it. Because I don't have any access to the code of the game. I just have access to the, the, the memory on your computer, and that's what I'm tweaking to make this work. Ah, I see. So um, it's, it's, it's quite a tricky feel because without any access to the source code or anything like that it's very difficult to make it bug free i think it's the bugs that make it sort of that give it its appeal to a lot of people especially with the enemies they have so many weird quirks but yeah when it comes to enemy bugs it's just a thing of because it's randomized there's so many different combinations and it's just me i can't play it repeatedly and get every combination mm. um, you know because i'm not a i'm not a company i don't have i don't have any real official play testers or anything like that so I sort of, uh, the streamers kept reaching out and saying, we'll play test, we'll play test. I'm like, okay, you can play test. 
And that was good, but also it meant that all of my bugs were aired like dirty laundry. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a mixed it's a mixed bag. Uh, but I do, you know, the moment I see it break, I sort of I light a fire under me, and I'm like, oh, I gotta patch it right now. I gotta, <laughs> gotta, gotta, you know, make sure that nobody, especially soft locks, you know, where they can't finish the game. That's a big concern for me. Some of those were bugs in my work, you know, because it's it was, it's very monotonous work doing this stuff because you have to write down in a spreadsheet every single item in the game, where you mm-hmm. get it, and you have to. You know, just a lot of monotonous typing into code, and it's very easy to just make a typing mistake, and it means that an item didn't appear in the right place, and the whole game doesn't work. Um, but I've, I think I've caught most of them. Um, but yeah, there's certain situations where you know enemies were never supposed to be changed, so they they just react in all sorts of weird ways. Uh, I, I remember there is one with a spider where it it appears in a position where it's stuck. And it blocks the player physically, which is fine. They can kill it, but if they're completely unarmed and they can't kill the spider, then the spider won't move and they're just completely stuck. Ah. So it's those kind of issues. Yeah, yeah, where they just end up running around in circles and going, oh, I can't remove all of those situations. And some of them I have to weigh up and say, okay, do I think they should have brought a weapon? You know, do I, do I, because the only thing I can do is say, don't put the spider there. So I have to decide, you know, do I, do I say, well, don't randomize this because it's causing too many issues, or do I randomize it in a way that it can people can get away with? So I try to I try to make it so that if you play, you know, if you if you know a bit, then you should be able to get through the whole game. Every seat should be completed. There shouldn't be one where even when you do your best, you can't finish. Um, mm. But it is it is an act. I try to hone it down and try to cut out all the different issues. Um, Resident Evil 2 in particular has been very tricky with this because um, it has issues where if you go to a cutscene in the wrong sequence, it gets stuck in a a loading screen of Doom that you cut that you get stuck in. Um, so I haven't been able to get rid of those yet, but I have sort of manipulated the item placement to help people not get that issue and to go in the right directions. But again, it's it's because of the amount because it's a randomizer. It's basically procedurally generated. Uh, adventures around the the the, the game. Uh, I can't I can't you know I can't myself figure out every I can't put the hours in to test every combination. So I have to I have to fix it via people breaking it, which is unfortunate. Yeah, but people will have a lot of fun breaking it, and that's the that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I figure as long as you are patching it very frequently, and then you you talk to them, and I'm watching their streams, and I'm interacting with them, and and. Uh, you know, it's telling them about, you know, like talking about the issue and then saying, okay, I've written it down and it's going to be hashed out in the next patch and then four days later it's out. I find they're pretty good with that. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about the, um, with the remake, I was kind of surprised that there was a, so I've heard it referred to as room randomizer and door randomizer. Can you explain how that works a little bit? Because I saw you had to even draw out a map to sort of understand that and figure out because the the potential to soft lock is even greater with a room randomizer. I mean, there's two different ones I've done since then. One is, uh, I call it the door randomizer. It is it is a room randomizer. It randomizes where the doors go. So it is it is sort of like a room randomizer. I, I, I call it doors because they that's the doors of the interaction point where you change where you are. Mm. And if you, so you randomize where the door is going. And I, I, I mentally called it a door randomizer. But also there's a lock randomizer where you change what keys you need to get through certain doors as well. But yeah, when it comes to that one, that was a, that was sort of another big thing. But in 
in the original Resident Evil, in a lot of the early Resident Evils, everything you load uh, happens. You know those door cutscenes every time you go through a door? Mm. Everything's being loaded then. So at the point of contact of the door is where I get the opportunity to change everything. So I could, and that's where the enemies are loaded. That's where the door. That's where it says where the doors are going. That's where it says all the items. So that's when I can. That's why I found these things about enemies and items. I could say, okay, I can change these too. But yeah, there was a lot of bugs because there was issues like on the other. You know, you have to make sure that door goes back to where you've come from on the other side. You know, because there's two doors. So if you have mm-hmm. a door that goes from the main hall into a side corridor, you have to make sure when you turn around and go back takes you back where you wanted to go because otherwise you could have a randomizer where when you go back through the same door you end up in a completely different place mm, and that's yeah. that's a form of randomizer i chose not to do but but um yeah there was there was a, a a big bit of work going into making that work yeah and i feel like that really tests the player's knowledge of the game because i imagine being able to orient yourself around the map is sort of the first step when somebody's replaying remake is to remember which room is where. But if you don't know where the rooms are, it really sort of, you have to think about, well, I've got to find this and I've got to find this to progress. I was So I was watching, I think it was Bok Basoops. He, he did a stream of the remake randomizer and it felt though that he... Like, have I understood correctly that the randomizer could theoretically lead to you being able to get items that you shouldn't get until later on in the game? And if you're really lucky, you can finish the game really fast? Or is that not how it works? That's a big part of it, is that, you know, when you play the vanilla game, normally you have to go in a set or sequence of order through the game. And the way I've done it is you can have an item where you can get somewhere way in advance of where you're supposed to be at that time in the game. Uh, mm. And... There's, there's, you know, it's, it's sort of a, a big algorithm to make sure that people can play the game, but in a completely different sequence, a completely sequence-breaking the way that they do it. But it is completely possible for every key item to finish the game to turn up in the first couple of rooms and them to get straight out. But the odds of that are so insane that it never happens. <laughs> uh, the way I do I try to make sure that every item is accessible in the game. And as long as that's true, I find it makes for an interesting randomizer. Yeah, it seems really interesting, especially um, if you're expecting at some point to get healing item and you need a healing item and you pick something up and, oh, rats, it's not a healing item. It builds the suspense quite a lot, I imagine. Yeah, and when you're desperate for that last item and it could be in one of 50 different places, mm-hmm. it's 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 a big pain. And also, you know, I, I put in those options because I found after I was writing it, the ideas for other, other options kept flowing and I thought... I noticed when I was watching the streamers play, they were always coming up with ways they'd want to play it differently. Um, especially when the enemies were starting to be added. It's like, oh, these enemies are too much, or I don't want this one. So I just started let, giving them the options, because all I'm making when I generate these seeds is like a, a text file with numbers in it. So it's not difficult for me to change, you know, taking all the healing items out, changing the weapons around making only certain enemies spawn, all it is is changing a number in a, in a, in a file for me. Mm. Once I've gotten that randomizer to actually work. Yeah. So I noticed that um, how you ended up doing the... So when I asked you to if you wanted to do this interview, I didn't actually know that you'd started working on a Resident Evil 2 one. And I noticed that you did a bit of crowdfunding to get together the resources to make a start on that. Could you perhaps talk a little bit about the 
crowdfunding process because I'm sure we, we all know about kickstarting games but we don't really know about kickstarting modifiers um, yeah it's it's, a, it's a difficult issue you know when you're with this project because I always knew I was in a, a gray area in terms of mm-hmm. the legality of things because you know I think a lot of devs love mods um, and, and you know because they're, they're bringing basically free you know attention and, and extra value to their product um, but also at the same time it would be possible a modder to possibly harm their project and mm. it could, you know there are remake projects that are that have been shut down for different games because you know there's say the, the resident evil sells a certain weapon or, or something like that in the store that you can buy if i have a, a, a mod that can enable that i'd be circumnavigating something they want people to pay for so the guess i've always had to make is are they they're not going to make their own official randomizer because if they were going to do that then i would be providing a free version of what they maybe would have asked people to pay for so i always mm-hmm. have to sort of guess that line in terms of am i am i doing things that are beneficial to the company and not harmful yeah and that way i stay in everyone's good books <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was actually i was going to ask at some point whether you'd had any sort of dealings with capcom and the sort of this being in i've talked to the community manager but i believe other than mm. that they're their policy is to not interact with um, with modders and things, probably because of the situation. Because if if you know if you're in a position where you're harming the company, they want to tell you to stop. And if they endorse something that later turns harmful to them, it could be a difficult situation for them. And that's also why I was doing the crowdfunding because I can't I can't ask for money for this mod. That's another thing where I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to get in trouble if I do this. So it's a it's mm. a free donation based thing. And, I, and, you know, the when Resident Evil 1 randomizer came out, it got a lot of attention and a lot of goodwill. And I thought, okay, I got, I got some donations. But really, when it comes to money, it's not a very lucrative project. Like, not at all. Um, so I think, so I think you... the streamers make a lot more than I do. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you've got to be truthful because people people might get inspired to do this. And I'm saying, you, well, just don't be in it for the money. Let's just say that. Yeah. Because really, <laughs> when it comes to that crowdfunding, I should, probably should have asked for like five times more. But I knew what I could get, and that was what I asked for. So um, you take what you can, and I'm really grateful to everyone who has donated. You know, I've had a, a Patreon, and I've had this crowdfunding thing, and it's succeeded, and people have really been very generous in terms of knowing that they don't have to pay me anything. But mm-hmm. I've really tried to be involved with the streamers and, and um, you know, the people who play the mods, and I think it's it's been it's been good. I've really enjoyed it anyway. I, I don't have any regrets, but um, I, I wouldn't start a business out of it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I think from what I've been seeing on Twitter, so 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 people who do a lot of stuff in game dev are now coming out and saying don't don't remortgage your house for this. Oh yeah, <laughs> well I told you I had an indie game before this, and mm. that 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 was like three years of work for very little, uh, not very little, but you know very little relative in terms of three years of work. Uh, mm. Really, if I went and worked, you know, at the supermarket, I'd be bringing in more money. But I, mm. you know, I really love what I'm doing, so I'm just happy to do it. Yeah, I'm, I mean, that's the sort of the message that people are are spreading on social media is that do this for the love of it. Don't try to make it a multi-million dollar business because you're not. Yeah, but the, the crowdfunding was definitely a way of testing what can I actually bring in with this? If I set a target, can I reach it? Um, and I mm. think every, so I was really, I really feel lucky with that. I guess, you yeah. know. The only reason I keep working on it is because people keep playing it. If people stop playing it, I'll probably move on to a new project. Do you have any ideas of what 
future projects you'd like to work on, whether it's randomize or anything uh, I don't else? think I'd do a third randomize. I don't think there's anything in the one I want to randomize. Um, mm. I know some people would like Resident Evil Zero to be randomized. I haven't actually mm. played through Resident Evil Zero myself yet, so I have to uh, play through it, but... Um, I don't know, maybe maybe one day zero. But other than that, uh, I, I don't think there's any new Resident Evils coming anytime soon. And Resident Evil 2's randomizer isn't doing as well as Resident Evil 1's. It's, I think it's because it's a lot newer game and it's not being revived. You know, like the, the first one really revived an old game. Mm. Uh, whereas this one, the game is new and the randomizer was new. So once they sort of had their fill of the game, they'd also had their fill of the randomizer as well. Yeah, I, th- I think Remake is such an established game now for streamers and people have just played it so many times that they really are looking for a sort of new experience, so to speak, in terms of not getting what they're expecting with item, whatever, placement. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's going to be like any, you know, we're sort of in a hit-driven industry and you just got to keep moving to the next thing. So I, th- I think... One of the things I wanted to ask you was, so so like you say, you've been watching a lot of um, people streaming the randomizer. What is the one of the more funny outcomes or entertaining outcomes that you've seen from somebody using the randomizer? <laughs> so uh, I, I've got, I believe I, I have a collection on Twitter somewhere, a thread <laughs> of streamer reactions to the first time they've encountered, you know, like tyrants coming at them. Mm. Uh, and they just scream their head off. And I... <laughs> It really entertains me. I think it's really good. Uh, people are just freaking out, you know, because uh, enemies they're not supposed to encounter in those situations just coming straight at them out of, out of nowhere. It's really good. Just just scaring people a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm... Hands up, I haven't played a lot of the Resident Evils because the, the vanilla experience scares me too much. <laughs> well, it's funny because when I chose to make it, I hadn't actually finished Resident Evil. I had it on the GameCube back when it came out on the GameCube and I never finished it. I got stuck. So I was coming back to it to finish it again for the first time. So when I thought mm. to make this randomizer, I was like, okay, I've got to finish it first before I can randomize it. Yeah, it's good motivation. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think people react well, and especially there's, there's bees in the game, and when the bees yeah. appear, they make the noises of any enemy that was supposed to be there. So there's, <laughs> there's lots of good reactions to sort of hearing these insane, squelchy zombie noises, and then it turns out it's just a bee. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, has anybody tried play? I saw like that bees was an option. Has anybody tried playing just bees? No, the option is there. So people, I don't think people will find much of a challenge in bees. <laughs> Might be a good one if somebody's a bit scared of Resident Evil to play with can, all bees. Yeah, if you want an easier mode of it, you can. Uh, and I think if you, I can't remember if this works, but I vaguely recall at one point if you turned off every option, I think nothing would turn up. Oh. Or maybe you can change the file to make nothing turn up. I can't. I think that I vaguely recall the way to make nothing turn up if you wanted that kind of experience, but it would be a mm. bit of a, a dull one, so I never really focused on it. So I, I hope you don't mind, but I did kind of look a little bit through Twitter just to sort of get a bit of the background of the randomizer, and I, I saw that upon the sort of you, I, I saw a tweet where you looked at the Steam page for Resident Evil Two Remake, and you kind of mentioned something about how it might be a bit more difficult to do it because of the sort of um restrictions that steam was saying there would be on like the file oh yeah the drm yeah yeah how does that affect because now that i kind of understand that you're not actually affecting the source code in any way you're just editing the memory like how does that all fit together the thing i was worried about with the DRM, i mean um it was okay for resident evil 1 but i was worried about it when resident evil 2 was coming out i knew that it had this drm 
and I was worried that this DRM was going to prevent me from making the randomizer. And it turned out I was completely wrong, and it was all fine. Um, so mm -hmm. that was that was that was lucky. Uh, I just had a feeling that um, you know, again, like when I was talking about that balancing act of, of being on the right side of the developers, that was the thing I was concerned about because I was concerned that if uh, if I somehow got in the bad books of the DRM, I could get in trouble. But uh, it turned out to not be an issue at all. That's good. That's that's fortunate. Otherwise, you might have only it might have only been people who bought it off for GOG. Yeah, I was thinking could. that the DRM might have detected that the game was being modified or had a mod run, and then mm. you know not allowing it to work or something like that. But uh, it turns out for the for the first Resident Evil, because um, when the game patches, I have to patch the randomizer. So anyone who's using a pirated version of Resident Evil One. The randomizer doesn't work and i get messages ah, okay. every week saying my resident evil randomizer doesn't work and i say okay did you buy it on steam it's like no right, there's your problem <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you're not legitimate so, so it's those kind of things that help steer me in the right uh, direction it is avoiding trouble mm, yeah yeah that that's definitely gets should get you in capcom's good books <laughs> i i have so many just Usually when I ask, I, I, I've, I've done a couple of interviews now, I usually have some very, very solid, so very sort of big questions. But here I just have loads and loads and loads of really tiny questions about how the, the randomizer works. So for this randomizer to work, you have to have it open in the background whenever you're playing. And if you shut it, then your items are no longer Yeah, randomized. there's two parts to it. There's the... Mm. There's the the way it actually works in terms of what randomizes it is this program called a trainer. Are, are you familiar with Game Genie and things like that? Not really. <laughs> uh, well, you, the idea that back on the you know the NES days you could put a special cartridge in and put in a code mm. and you'd have infinite lives or something like that. It's a very similar uh, technology, yeah. uh, but it's just for a modern computer. So I've taken that and I've you know instead of having a code, I've written a whole program that does this and. Instead of giving you infinite lives or something like that, it shuffles the items around. Um, and mm. the way it does that is it reads it from a file. Um, and this file I've got is just a bunch of numbers, but it's a, a predetermined uh, seed for the game, uh, mm. for where what those items are supposed to be in the randomized format. Uh, and that, that has been calculated using a seed generator, which is a separate program I make. Um, so this this one that's the one that prevents the logical form of soft locking. You know, making sure the keys are in places where you can get them, making sure you know everything is in in the in the right order. But it would be possible for anyone to make their own seed generator as long as it output a file of the same sort of way that mine does in terms of it's just it's just a file full of numbers. So if you opened mm. if you if you generated a seed and you just changed the files, you would change the items that appeared in the game if you wanted to mess with it like that or if people wanted to make their own seeds. Um, so yeah, they, they generate these seeds with the seed generator. And then if you want to, you could play with a friend and they could use the same seed if you gave that seed you generated to them. So you could both play, mm. you, you could do a race. But yeah, so they, they launch the game, they launch the trainer. The trainer detects Resident Evil. It goes, okay, you're Resident Evil, you're playing Claire or, or Jill. And it, it finds the file that's already made with the, the randomization in it. And it goes, okay, this is what needs to be swapped. And then it, it, it's watching and waiting for these item bits to come along. And then it just swaps them. Mm. Um, so really, in terms of what I do with the code, it's very little. It's like four lines of code of the game are actually altered. It's just pivotal moments. 
There's something I don't really understand about um, having to keep it open in the background though, because so a seed is created and that's exactly where, every, say it's an item randomizer, that's where every item is yeah, going yes, to be throughout the, the game. Yeah, text file saying where every item's going to be and there's like a cheat sheet that says where it is so people can look it up. Okay. And so closing it means that that seed is no longer available. It sort of withdraws that. Yeah, what happens with the, the trainer? Game. Yeah, it's, it's watching in real time as the game's being played. So if you close mm. it, it'll stop watching. So everything will go back to its vanilla item placements. But in the same vein, if you reopen yeah. it again, it'll re it'll continue randomizing again. Mm. Um, so that's how you can continue a save. You just open it again. Or if you 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 want to mess with it, but uh, it, it means you don't have to. If you want to play normal, all you have to do is not open the randomizer, and it'll be vanilla mm. immediately. Where some randomizers change the game data so that it's randomized, it's set that way in its in its files. Um, but mm. this way, it's a sort of watching, and it's it's done you know during the the running time of the game. What happens if so? We, like you say, when when the random say you've been playing the game um, Resident Evil Remake for two hours and then you shut the randomizer by accident, everything goes back to its usual placement. But stuff you've already picked up, what happens with that? Because in my mind, it's like the game would freak out and suddenly you'd have like too many health items because it's swapping between two different placements and maybe the game would crash. But obviously, that that seems like no. That's the game not what will happens. just. Um continue on as if nothing has happened as in mm. it'll keep from then on providing the normal items but you'll still have everything that was broken from before so yeah mm. i could provide a save you know to someone where i've played the randomizer and then they'll load that save and it'll have all these weird things in it because it's been played randomized but they won't have it randomized themselves when they play it um mm. so i guess it's just that's that's the thing where these bugs come from because the game you know there's the game sort of decides how it's going to react to these things happening. Mm. And sometimes it's fine, and sometimes it says, okay, I we have some kind of internal logic about you, you're not supposed to have this item yet, and you've got it, and now we're going to freak out. Um, mm. In Resident Evil 2, there's a key you get called the, the Diamond Key. And when you pick this up in the game, it triggers all the zombies to start attacking you. They're all sort of lying around dead, and they haven't gotten up yet. Mm. Um but if you've played the randomizer and you've picked it up somewhere else, they're up the moment you walk into that room. And, I uh, see. They're at, they're at the door waiting for you to come in. So that's another big surprise for people who, who aren't expecting that. <laughs> does, it, does it affect anything with Mr. X if you're playing Leon and you've got the randomizer on? I believe it's possible to avoid triggering Mr. X, period. So you can mm. actually make it easier and nice for yourself. I think... Um, I think Leon is more trapped into it because his ladder breaks and he, he, he gets stuck down there and he can't get out until he's set off Mr. X. But I think Claire can get away with it. Mm. But also, there's parts in the later parts of the game uh, where Mr. X turns up and he'll just turn up anyway because he you know, the game doesn't know you randomized it. So it mm. thinks you've already encountered Mr. X. So it says, oh, okay, this is where Mr. X turns up again. But it doesn't know he didn't turn up before. So it just turns him up anyway. Yeah, I guess... I guess my, my next question is really, so I've been talking a lot about Resident Evil Remake, but I guess it's just hard to talk, harder to talk about Resident Evil 2 because it's still in the alpha stages. I guess the next question is to know what what is the process going forward with Resident Evil 2 and um, do you want to make it as um, in-depth and varied as Resident Evil Remake or do you not think that that will be as easy? The thing what, what with Resident think? Evil 2 
I've been trying to make enemies change, and so far I spent three weeks on it and I couldn't get it to work. Uh, so I've been a bit frustrated, and I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm having a really hard time getting it to work, and I think if I can't change enemies, uh, I think interest isn't going to be the same as it was in Resident Evil 1. But right mm. now what I'm working on is there's B scenarios for the game, you know, for the... um, I don't know if you know about the B scenarios, but... Uh, they, they're the yeah. alternate perspective, and I think they're gonna. I, I have to randomize them, but I have to refigure out where the the soft lock logic is for that. Um, mm. But I'm hoping the B side is going to be a lot less broken <laughs> in terms of cutscenes <laughs> because there's a lot less cutscenes in it. Um, so I'm going to do ah, B side. I'm going to see what people think. I'm going to maybe touch enemies again, and then either I'm going to you know see where it goes from there. With with, with the randomizers, it's always been I bring something out and I see how the the community reacts to it. And if the reaction's flat, I'll just move on. But if it's if they really like it, then I'll keep going. And that's really where this is all kept going. Resident Evil 2 is because of the, the reaction from Resident Evil 1. And if there's not much reaction to Resident Evil 2, I doubt there's going to be much more after that. So I'm, I'm sorry to bring it back to... Um, well, actually, no, I can ask this about both. I was kind of surprised that you... And this, this speaks to my lack of experience with Resident Evil, but I was surprised that you had to have separate settings for easy and normal or hardcore whatever it's called in resident evil 2 um can you explain a little bit about how item okay this is probably people in the audience are probably going to be thinking oh charlotte you know nothing about resident evil but maybe (laughs) i I could tend to drop into too much jargon as well so i'm sort of trying to be somewhere in between maybe you could talk to me a little bit about how why there needs to be different like what happens with the items depending on what mode you're playing i mean there's there's obvious things like you probably won't get as many healing items if you're playing a harder difficulty yeah it's it's um so in hardcore on both uh both original and remake well, the re- original calls it hard but they just take away more items uh so you don't have them and if you just kept using the normal logic of the normal game it could be that a key that's been placed where that item is that's been removed so you would go to where the green herb would normally be, but you're on hard, the green herb isn't there, the key isn't there, you're screwed. Ah, I see. So the game tries to place a, a, a very important item somewhere where that doesn't actually exist in the mode that you're playing, and then you soft lock yourself because you can't pick. Like the key is trapped. Yeah, so you in the have to keep track of every single item that changes. And that's what happens when the difficulty changes, is all the items get moved around, uh, and ink ribbons get added to the Resident Evil 2. Um, so I have to say, okay, these now can be randomized. So yeah, it wasn't so much like the the logic of the way you go through the mansion. That's pretty much the same. It's just these small changes in terms of which items have been altered or removed and making sure that the, that the players aren't stuck because of items that aren't there. Mm. Speaking of being stuck, is, this, is it a soft lock condition that you can't access a save room? Well, I mean... It, I know I what think, you mean, like you're well, having a full inventory before you've had access to a box. Yeah, there is that situation. It's very rare. uh, And I think it only happens really in the... In the lock run... No, I think it can happen. It's just... It's very very rare because they throw loads of boxes at you in the game. And the moment you've got access to a box, this box can't happen. Um, But there are no original Mm. box accesses. Um, But I believe in the first Resident Evil, you need the, uh, the first key, the sword key. And once you've got the sword key, you have access to a box. When it comes to room randomizer, I specifically did not lock doors so that that bug could not happen. So in the room randomizer, mm. there's no locked doors. But 
the rooms being shuffled is enough of its own puzzle that people still have a hard time. And Resident mm. Evil 2, there's a box right at the start, so it's not an issue. Did, did you do a little bit of work to... I, I seem to recall as well from from you reporting on Twitter about your progress with various things to do with Remake, that there's some doors that once you go through... Yeah, the that, breaks, yeah there is one door in Resident Evil 1, and it's, it's a door handle, and it's, it's rickety. And uh, you, you open it and it says, okay, this might, door might break. Do you want to go through? And you can do this like three times. And then they'll say, okay, the door's completely broken. You can't pass through it anymore. Mm-hmm. So what I did was, uh, when in room randomization, uh, that's one, you know, that's that's, you know, that's the more complicated. In, in, um, in the vanilla, you just make sure that you factor that in. So in terms of any situation where the player can get themselves stuck, you have to assume that they will do that. And that mm. they can continue from that position if they've done that, because it's, it's, you have to guarantee that they could do that and be allowed to do that and, and not break the game. And that's how mm. you sort of uh, plan it so that it isn't a problem. And in Room Randomizer, I made sure that, that that one specific door always loops around to somewhere that you can get to from a different direction, so that if, mm. if it, once it has broken, there's access from a different route. Yeah sort of makes you realise how much the original developers had to think about planning out the Spencer mansion. <laughs> like, they basically were Spencer. <laughs> it's also a bit mind-blowing when it comes to when you randomise it, you have to keep make sure that it can always do that, but it's doing it in code randomly every time. So mm. it's it's a little bit more. But <laughs> don't mean to toot my own horn, but you know. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like so. Looking at that map that you had to draw to work out room randomizers, just like yeah, there was a, there was a lot of charts and spreadsheets, mm. just mapping out every single room, every single door, where they can go, and what you need to get there. And then I sort of color code rooms and go, okay, if I got this key, all of this is open to me. And also making sure that you don't have ridiculous scenarios like you warp straight to like the tyrant fight, <laughs> like from or can you can you warp straight to like the the tyrant final fight from? Because I had this problem. I thought, oh no, how am I gonna how am I gonna put the end of the game in? Because if I have a door randomly take you right to the end of the game, this is going to be a very short randomizer. Uh, so what I did was I purposely um, I knew that uh, in the mansion you have to go under the stairs. There's these two emblems you need. You need to collect three different items to get under the stairs. And I knew that if I put it under there, then people are going to have to go around and find at least a few items before they can get in. So the exit is is not randomized. The exit's always in the same place, but everything else around it isn't. So yeah, basically you need in a room randomizer, there's seven items you need before you can leave the game every time because of the way I've, I've placed the exit. Unfortunately, the interview ended a little bit abruptly because I had an internet outage for a good half an hour. So if you would like to hear more about or read more about what Ben has been doing, including his programming portfolio in indie games, you can go to his website and you'll find that through Googling um, through Googling Ben, B-E-N-N, and Powell, P-O-W-E-L-L. You can also Google Resident Evil Remake Randomizer or Resident Evil 2 Remake Randomizer and you'll find his stuff. And I would really recommend you go on that website because it's got a really detailed list of patch notes and you can see all of the work that has gone into making and testing the randomizer. 
So I would really like to thank Ben for taking part in this interview, even though I can't actually thank him because my internet keeps going out. Um, so if you would like to hear more about Kane and Rinse's perspective on the Resident Evil games, we've done the entire series already. Um, that's, that's completely finished from Resident Evil 1 to Resident Evil 7. Um, it is on the list to do things like Outbreak and, oh dear, Operation Raccoon City. <laughs> But that, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what we manage. So please, by all means, if you want to go and um, listen to our opinions on classics such as Resident Evil 5, one of my favourites, then go on the Canaan's website and you'll be able to find um, more information on those podcasts that we've recorded and be able to listen to them on our website or through your preferred podcast provider. Aside from that, we would recommend that you listen to Sound of Play, our podcast that is dedicated to video game music, because that contains um, often songs that might be from horror series or from the Resident Evil series. And if you really enjoy talking about the programming perspective of things, then you can listen to Chris O'Regan's podcast called The Sausage Factory, which is also on our network, where he talks in depth with programmers. So my apologies for how um, sort of suddenly this interview ended but i hope you enjoyed listening to it and tune in next time for another interview extra